Section 39 of United States Senate Election, Expulsion, and Censure Cases, 1793-1990, by Anne M. Butler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Joanne Turner. Case 37. Waitman T. Willie, 1811-1900, and John S. Carlyle, 1817-1878, Virginia. Election Case, July 13, 1861. Issues. Challenge to Legislature's Authority to Elect. Chronology. Credentials Presented, July 13, 1861. Senate Vote, July 13, 1861. Result. Seated. Background. The troubled status of the Civil War Senate failed to be resolved with the expulsion of senators from the seceding states. Virginia complicated matters when a portion of the state, strongly Unionist, refused to accept the secessionist moves of its government. This group formed a Unionist legislature at Wheeling in 1861 and replaced those expelled, Robert M. T. Hunter and James M. Mason, with two new senators, Waitman T. Willie, Unionist, and John S. Carlyle, Unionist, both forceful opponents of secession. These senators appeared with their credentials on July 13, 1861. Statement of the Case Andrew Johnson, Democrat of Tennessee, warmly introduced the senators and applauded, quote, the return of the Old Dominion, unquote, to the Senate. Before the oaths could be administered, however, James A. Bayer, Jr., Democrat of Delaware, asked that the credentials be sent to the Committee on the Judiciary. To support his request, Bayard raised two issues about the validity of the credentials. He complained that by accepting the new Virginia senators, the Senate would be recognizing an irregular state government, and he cautioned that the Senate had no authority to create a new state out of part of an existing state. In addition, he and others pointed out that on the previous day, July 12th, the Senate had voted to expel Virginia Senators Robert M. T. Hunter and James M. Mason. Thus, at the time the Unionist legislature elected Carlisle and Willie on July 9, there had, in fact, been no vacancies to fill, since the Senate had tacitly recognized Hunter and Mason as holding those seats until July 12. Based on these grave issues, Bayard thought a committee should investigate the matter before the oaths were administered. Response of the Senate the mood lingered from the previous day when the Senate had expelled ten Southern senators. Opponents of the South, still exhilarated by the earlier expulsion events, refused to accept any delay and dismissed Bayard's concern that the Senate would be recognizing a state insurrection. John P. Hale, Republican of New Hampshire, Viewing the events as the culmination of a struggle that had lasted many years, was anxious to recognize the credentials of these Virginians who had rallied to the beleaguered Union's cause. Hale urged the Senate not to search for precedents, 
but rather to accept the present contest as a new challenge with new rules. Heeding his remarks, the Senate, by a vote of five yeas to 35 nays, rejected the motion to refer the credentials to committee and instead seated the new Virginia senators. Conclusion The acceptance of these credentials reflected the general war spirit of the nation. Yet the Senate's action did not follow either the letter or the spirit of constitutional law. If the Unionists denied the possibility of secession and contended that Southern states had not separated from the Union, the Senate was bound to accept only credentials submitted by the duly elected governor of Virginia in accordance with the Constitution. The failure to do so, in addition to being a constitutional breach, placed the Unionists in a contradictory position. Andrew Johnson, for example, had welcomed back a state whose departure he supposedly did not recognize. Critics correctly accused the Unionists of assaulting their own doctrine and trampling on the Constitution. But July 1861 was not a time for measured arguments nor lengthy deliberations. The Senate, confused and apprehensive about the impact of secession, chose to respond to the cry of John Hale, quote, The day for compromise has gone by. We have lived on compromises. It was our daily food constantly. I have no compromise to offer, unquote. In judging the qualifications of its members in this extraordinary case, the Senate chose to agree with Jacob Colomer, Republican of Vermont, that this was a, quote, matter of political action and the political power is what settles it, unquote. John Carlyle, a forceful orator who vigorously opposed secession, served the nearly four years remaining in Hunter's term in the Senate. In 1865, he returned to West Virginia the new state formed from the Unionist portion of Virginia, where he resided until his death in 1878. Waitman Willie served the balance of Mason's term, which ended in March 1863, and on August 4, 1863, became one of West Virginia's first two senators. He remained in the Senate until 1871. Willie distinguished himself as a radical Republican who supported legislation to improve the status of recently freed blacks. He frequently gave public lectures and contributed to journals and reviews. He died in Morgantown, West Virginia, in 1900. End of Case 37 and of Section 39